One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The 11 to 1 Show. Women need to stop fearing the ageing process and just embrace it. Madonna certainly can't. More on the way. She's not crazy about getting older, that's for sure. I saw the pictures of her unrecognisable, is what I would say, from the Grammys. Puffy face, not a wrinkle in sight. Madonna does not look anything like she should at what, 64 years of age? And she's been heavily criticised for it in the media. And it does bring up this age-old, yeah, age-old question. Can women stop fearing the ageing process and just embrace it? You know? And there is pressure on women to look younger, particularly for women like Madonna in the public eye. And there is no wonder that they turn to plastic surgery and Botox and filler to try and desperately, I'm going to say, hang on to their youth. And girls even now of barely 20 are turning to Botox out of fear. Out of fear. And what the media and society tells them is attractive or the desirable thing that you should look like. And Madonna has come under fire for her line free expressionless to almost uh, expressionless face uh, and she does look like she's had a lot of work done she does and she says that she has been caught in the glare of ageism and misogyny and she's been very vocal and defensive about the criticism that she's faced about her appearance and I'm sure others will agree with me she is a victim of her own ageism this is someone who is clearly terrified of growing old And I know there's people out there that will go, oh, you know, it's only a bit of Botox and, you know, Botox is kind of like the same as using your anti-aging cream and the same as makeup. It's part of the makeup routine now, which is, you know, another kind of disturbing aspect of all of this. But um, and I know I'm somebody sitting here in the prime of my youth at the age of 38 and maybe I might feel differently when I get to my 60s but I have noticed a few silvery strands poking through the dark mop on my head and uh, my forehead is definitely not line free and I'm just embracing it and I know that's easy to say at this age but I'm embracing it for now and you know I looked at people like Andy McDowell have you seen Andy McDowell? She is stunning and she's got her stunning grey hair. She's let herself go naturally grey. 
she looks incredible and she's been very sort of vocal as well about, you know, chatting about growing old gracefully and that kind of thing. And I think women should not fear ageing. We shouldn't. And there's men out there like George Clooney, the silver fox himself, you know, his career has never suffered because of, you know, his looks or anything like that. I think is Madonna fearing that she won't stay relevant or cool if she sort of goes with the ageing process? And I know she's been criticised for her provocative poses as well online and things like that. That's a whole other conversation. You know, at the end of the day, do I care so much about that? Not really. It's more about this need to fill, you know, the the lines in and to kind of, cut, you know, to deny the ageing process. At the end of the day, you're 64, love. We know that you're going to have lines and you just look daft now. You look really daft. And she says, I've never apologised for the way that I look or dress and I'm not going to start. That's grand. But ever since Madonna first donned that conical bra, people have been talking about how controversial her appearance is. So I'm not sure why she's getting so defensive now when we're talking about how she looks now. But I hope that she stops because I think she's amazing. She is amazing. And I think that people will just like love her even more if she just embraces what nature is going to do anyway. Just, you know, stop it, Madonna. Stop the falseness, you know. It just doesn't look good, it really Incredible song, Amy Winehouse. There's a movie being made, a biopic of her life and I've seen a couple of the production stills. Looks incredible. The family are very supportive of it as well. So I'll be excited to see that when it hits cinemas. So messages coming in. Sinead, I don't know why it is, but I just think women get more slack when it comes to their appearance and feel a need to conform. I'm in my early 30s, but have grey in my hair over 10 years now because of how dark it is. Yeah, I'm the same as yourself. Always went grey easier. And during the pandemic, listen to this now. During the pandemic, I actually left it for a few weeks and a person stopped me and asked, why would I go out like that? I wonder, was the person who stopped you a female? Just as a matter of interest, would love to, to know if that was a female that stopped you. I mean, I do think that there is more pressure, definitely. And women do get more criticised for their appearance and feel the need to conform. So maybe you're saying this is why Madonna feels the need to you know, go and have Botox. And it is, it's going back years, isn't it? It's going back years of how the media uh, feeds into this as well and how, you know, even the film industry feeds into this as well and women must look pretty. It's drummed into us for, for centuries, really is. And I recall sitting in a cosmetic surgery office yeah, I no, not for myself, I promise you. It was for research purposes. I did a college thesis on all of this and all of the beauty industry and, and, and surgery and all this kind of stuff. Sitting there and then I went into some consultations with uh, people just kind of as, of as an observer. And it's really disturbing the way that the uh, people will feed into this language even of you're not good enough or you need to be fixed that's quite disturbing. I did a whole thesis on that. That was a, a good while ago now. Uh, Tracy's on as well. Uh, she says, wow, Sinead, you're right. She sent me an image as well of Madonna. You're right. She is unrecognisable. Shame she can't age gracefully because she looks dreadful. She looks so fake. This is the thing. She looks horrific looking. It, there's nothing natural 
about how she looks and that's why people are going Madonna what's going on Sinead my nieces are only in their 20s regular Botox what ageing could they possibly be trying to conceal in their 20s very worrying it is really worrying and you know it's I don't know is the Love Island thing tying into it as well I don't know someone in their 20s getting Botox that is concerning I'm deeply upset about that to be honest with you I mean you know to be that insecure at that age and be thinking that you need to be fixed and your you know whatever tiny minuscule lines that might be in your forehead need to be changed no I'm not for it I think women need we need to take a stand we need to embrace ageing The 11 to 1 show Forget the state of the union. It was the smooch of the union. Everyone's talking about it. We're going to talk about it some more after Miley Cyrus. Here she is with flowers. We were good. Yeah, forget the state of the union. It was the smooch of the union. Everyone is talking about this. Poor Jill Biden thrust into the spotlight for puckering up with a man that was not her husband. Now, we've all done this, not so much the puckering up part, but you know when somebody goes in for a handshake and then you go for a hug and there's that awkward, oh, well, I, where's my hand and what am I, what's going on? And you're like, oh, and it's all very awkward. Or when someone goes in for a fist bump because they're cool or whatever, and then you go in for a handshake and there's that awkward and then you sort of shake their fist, which is weird as well. And I've no doubt that there are some among us who've gone in for a peck. So she went in for a peck on the cheek, you know, the kind of a lean in and a little, you know, a little air kiss almost. But what happened was Kamala Harris's husband, Doug Emhoff, I think is how you pronounce his second name. He must have just moved ever so slightly. So she went in for the, she went in for the air, the air one. And then he landed, they landed smackaroonie full on the lips in front of everybody before your husband is about to take to this stage for this stage of address. I mean, stage, stage of union address, I should say. The glare of the media. Click, 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 click. And then, of course, social media. There's memes and the whole lot doing the rounds now. Mortification. Mortification of this. And I was looking at it. I looked at the video a couple of times because I was like, oh, no, I think it's, is it an air kiss? Oh, no, it's really not an air kiss. She was going for the air kiss, but she landed a smackaroonie right on his lips. And I mean, of all people, Kamala Harris's husband. That's just hilarious for us. But poor Jill, poor Jill. Uh, just so you know, in the wake of this, President Biden duly delivered what proved to be a highly combative speech. <laughs> he addressed key concerns. But the only concern people have now is, how does he feel about Jill smooching another man? Bono would have seen the smooch as well. He was just in front of them at the State of Union address. I wonder what he made of it. Uh, I'm getting a message as well on uh, WhatsApp about the handshake. It was the Newcastle, was it the manager of the Newcastle uh, team? And she goes in for a sort of, she starts off with a handshake, then it turns into a fist bump. The other person has a handshake. It's very awkward. It's very awkward. Has to be seen to be believed. Thank you so much for sending that in. 
Success continues for the Irish as animation film A Greyhound of a Girl has been selected for Berlin Film Festival. It was produced by Jam Media. They're an animation company based here in Ireland. I'm going to be chatting to the producer of the film, John Rice, after these. The 11 to 1 show. Film success continues for the Irish as an animation film based on a novel by Roddy Doyle has been selected for the Berlin Film Festival. It's called A Greyhound of a Girl and it's produced by animation company Jam Media and it's voiced by a stellar cast including Brendan Gleeson and our own Sharon Horgan from Town. I'm delighted to have executive producer of the film. He's also CEO and co-founder of Jam Media, John Rice. He's on the line with me now. John, how are you getting on? Not too bad, Sinead. Good morning. Great to have you on the show. John, it's never been a better time to be involved in the Irish film industry. I mean, you see films picking up 14 nominations at the Oscars. It's very exciting. Isn't it just? Yes. I mean, it's, it's, I, mean I, I guess it's taken uh, quite some time to get here, but yeah, the Irish have, uh, have arrived, that's for sure. Yes, it's, uh, it's amazing. Um, a good friend of mine, um, actually, uh, Richie Bainham, is up for one for Avatar. He, yes. he went to animation school together. So, wow. um, and if he wins it, it'll be his second one. So, yeah, it's great to see um, yeah, so much success at both in live action and in animation. It really is. Now, I'm going to go way back, uh, John, with you, but my son used to be obsessed with the Pick Me show that you guys did oh. on RTE. He oh. was astounded by the <laughs> fact that a kid like him could be in a cartoon. Now, this is just one of the uh, many great shows that you guys have created, Jam Media. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, that was that was our first, actually. That Was Was uh, it? That, yeah, it was. Yeah, that, that kind of, I guess, established us because it had such a kind of an interactive component um, to it where we, we would take, you know, yeah, viewers' pictures and superimpose them onto animation. Yes, that was, yeah, that takes me back. In fact, we're developing a kind of a pick me for Web3 at the moment. Brilliant. So it will allow for, you know, um, everybody to have their children star in, um, in, in animated content. So, yeah, um, that, yeah, that takes me back, Sinead. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's a simple idea, but it's so, so effective because, you know, you're, the, the child just, uh, my son Killian just used to be so astounded by this that he could see these kids in, in, in a cartoon form. But you've moved now really well into live action. You've got a brilliant series called Nova Jones that's doing really well as, as well for you yeah yeah that's flying um, um, yeah we're on the third we're just delivering the third season of that at the moment um, yeah it's doing very well in fact the, 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 the star of Nova the, the, the girl that plays uh, Nova Molly Rainford was a, a finalist some of your listeners might know her from she was a finalist on Strictly uh, Come Dancing this year so oh yes great in that yeah um, so the, yeah that's helped the, the series as well so what so yeah no it's a great show it's, it's got it's got a, we throw everything at it it's a sci- sci-fi Comedy, musical, um, yeah, poptastic, um, um, yeah, journey in space. It's uh, it's got a lot of things going it on. Does. <laughs> quite bonkers it is quite bonkers it is quite bonkers it really is and uh, you know you're there with uh, since the start with Jam Media Uh, uh, tell me how the company came about this was friends yourself and two friends kind of got together and set it all up yeah that's right Uh, Jam is an acronym for John Almark Uh, I love it yeah and uh, yeah we're three animation student friends that um, you know wanted to find an excuse to hang out together that might not necessarily mean the pub so uh, we, <laughs> we set up Jam 
Yeah, it's uh, going 20 years um, this year, Fantastic. actually. So um, we're celebrating that. We'll be celebrating that uh, over the summer, the anniversary. Um, yeah, and it's been great. Uh, we've just been, you know, really quite experimental in the kind yeah. of content that we look to create and, and try to create stuff that's that's different and that's not out there in the market. And yeah, branch, as you said, into into live action now and um, and now feature film. So, yeah, is this the first the first feature length for for a jam? Is it a Greyhound of a Girl? It, it is a huge yeah, for 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 the company it is, but for the the founders we kind of started and feature ourselves. So um, yeah, it's nice to be back doing it again after uh, twenty odd years. So um, but yeah, it's a, it's changed a lot. Technology has mm-hmm. changed it an awful lot, um, but it's still basically the same thing in that you know it's about just telling uh, stories and um, then utilizing technology as a kind of an expensive pencil in which to be able to tell them. Yeah, and and like you rightly say, you guys like to push creative boundaries. You don't like to be doing stories that are the run of the mill. This definitely is not the run of the mill story. It's it's based on a on a Roddy Dial book. It's called Greyhound of a Girl. And something tells me from looking at uh, the blurb and the little teaser trailer that's online for people to check out, this is going to be a bit of a tearjerker, John. Is it? I mean, it, it has moments of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, 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 it connects emotionally, I think. With, it will connect emotionally with the audience, but it's also got some kind of laugh out loud moments as well as you'd expect from, um, as you'd expect from a Roddy Doyle um, adaptation. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it touches on themes that aren't often touched on in yeah. children's and family fair. You know, there, it does touch on, on death and, and loss, and, but then it's also got these incredible kind of just um, moments of, of just huge humour and um, uh, you know it, 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 an irony and it, it's uh, it's really a coming of age uh, drama an inter an inter um, generational ghost story if you like yes and the look of it the animation style is stunning now this is like nothing that people are going to see on the big screen this is a really different style was that something that you guys purposefully kind of went out to create. Yeah, I mean, it it is a bit of a throwback in in many ways. Yes, it's a two D um, feature length film, which don't tend to enter into the, the theaters these days. It tends to be, you know, the Pixar type um, CGI three um, D, um, uh, you know, fair. So, yeah, there's there's not that many that that come out in in a year and in terms of like two D animation, but it's uh, it, it 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 does capture what the the kind of the story. I think in a in a better way. I mean, it's all set in Ireland and in Dublin and then there's a road trip down to Wexford and just the, the rendering of the backgrounds and the kind of, the you know, it does kind of give off Ireland in a very beautiful Oh, it does. Uh, it looks stunning, particularly rural Ireland as they travel yeah. through the car, uh, in the car journey, the, the grandmother and, and little Mia, the central character, as they go along, um, or sorry, Mary Mia is the, the actual actor, Mia O'Connor. She's playing Mary. Uh, and as they go along and there's these rolling fields and sheep and hay, it's stunning. It's stunning looking. Do you know, it actually reminds reminded me as you say there to the earlier animation things like um, all dogs go to heaven this kind of style of stuff yeah yeah. well th- that was produced in, in Dublin as well actually um, in, in Sullivan Blue back in the day and, and um, yeah I mean there is there is still that talent that, that 2D animation talent that still exists as well as, as, as 3D uh, talent as well but you know, they're still knocking around from those old days and we were able to, to, to bring some of you know the, these real seasoned um, 2D 
animated artists on board for this which is wonderful but that is wonderful and talk about the cast I mean a dream cast John did you have these guys in mind people like Brendan Gleeson Sharon Horgan Charlene McKenna did you go out to seek these guys or how did the casting kind of fall into place for you um, well, the, the, yeah, the casting. So this is this is a, a it's a European co-production. How mm-hmm. how it was kind of um, put together and financed. So um, you know, um, in Ireland we did you know a lot of the kind of the key animation, the compositing, colouring, and all of that. But it was actually um, an Italian director, uh, Enzo Delio, who um, who actually optioned the the, the story from um, Roddy's publishers, and he was uh, he was then able to. So he went off and he found the, the, the voices, and he, he did a great job. I mean, it was it was probably about four years ago when they were recorded so um, it'll be a distant memory no doubt to, to Brendan and Jared um, but uh, looking forward to them to their take on the film as well Yeah completely and th- this movie uh, is now on its way to the prestigious Berlin Film Festival congratulations on that like this is really important to have a film like this screened on an international stage isn't it? It is, and Berlin is, is a big one. You know, it's it's right up there with Cannes and Venice and and uh, Toronto. So yeah, I mean that's where it'll kind of find its its distribution home. You know, so mm-hmm. that, um, um, distributors in various territories will pick it up and and um, and then um, put it out to kind of theatre release. So I haven't got a theatre. I wouldn't going to be in the theatres in Ireland yet, but hopefully it'll be it'll be there for the summer. Oh well, I'm very much looking forward to seeing this on the big screen. I wish you every success with it. The best of luck, John. It's been a pleasure chatting. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks, Sinead. Thanks so much, John Rice. There from Jam Media. No doubt you've seen lots of their cartoons uh, on Nickelodeon, RTE, BBC. They've got countless. I recommend you look up uh, the the website and you'll see because no doubt your your kids are watching it. But watch out for this movie coming to cinemas: A Greyhound of a Girl. The 11 to 1 show. Just sticking with the film theme for a moment longer, just to let people know the Boyne Valley International Film Festival is back for 2023. So organisers have launched their Film Freeway page. Okay, so this is a page where they'll have all the details for budding filmmakers or filmmakers who want to uh, submit their work to the festival this year. So they're looking particularly for a filmmaker from the Boyne Valley region to submit. Okay, so check it out. Boyne Valley International Film Festival Google it put it into Google or it's on Facebook as well and they have a short film bursary they also have best of made in the Boyne they have best Irish short film narrative best international short film narrative best animation short and best documentary shorts they're all kind of the the submissions and everything else that they need so the uh, award application will be completed uh, as well now so okay they're looking for people to send this in now What what's your movie you know have you done the movie have you a script ready all that so if you google it you'll find all the details Boyne Valley International Film Festival now today is a very important day it's pizza day LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows Senator Windows products will help you create a secure comfortable energy efficient home you're proud of call 0818 before we talk about pizza time to go back to 2002 and the end of the punt so at the time they were reporting another milestone in the euro conversion process from midnight uh, tonight say February 9th the punt will no longer be accepted as legal tender so there you go the punt went out of circulation on this day in 2002 and today, National Pizza Day. I know, a whole day 
24 happy and delicious hours devoted to celebrating and eating pizza. So what's your favourite pizza? I want to know. 086 1800 658. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie has to be a meat feast or maybe a barbecued chicken with peppers. Definitely nothing with pineapple on it anyway. No pineapple on the pizza, please. That don't impress me much. Just a plain old margarita for me. It's a classic, says Selena. We're talking about pizza. It's pizza day today. Chris says, Sinead, it has to be the Hawaiian. Pineapple on a pizza is fantastic. Oh, look at I'm No. No, Chris. You can have all the pineapple. I'm not sharing that with you. Olives, pepperoni, ham, mushroom, gorgeous, says another. Oh, there's another one on the pineapple brigade. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, keep those coming in. 086-1800-658. A night away in a hotel can be stressful for parents of children with autism. Pillow Hotel in Ashburn are getting ready to open their sensory bedrooms. I'm going to find out more after 12. The 11 to 1 show. Basil Fawlty navigates the modern world with the daughter he has just met. More on this classic TV reboot after Rihanna. Shine bright like a diamond. Hit after hit. After hit. So shine bright In 2019, this series was named the greatest British sitcom of all time and I can see why they would want to reboot it. It's Faulty Towers and John Cleese and his daughter are on board with this. So this new series of Faulty Towers is going to explore the dramatic and cynical Basil as he navigates the modern world. I want to see him try and navigate like a Facebook page for the hotel or something like that. And uh, we'll see his daughter, uh, real life daughter, playing his daughter in it. So Basil and a daughter, he has just discovered is his team up to run a boutique hotel, which sounds brilliant. Actor Rob Reiner and his wife and actress Michelle Reiner are a director and producer as well and acting as executive producers on the series and um, this is very exciting now we don't know when it's going to be released they've just signed on board with Castle Rock Entertainment they've kind of signed the deal with the actor and writer John Cleese to bring back the TV series I'm all for it now let's see what else is happening in the world of celebrity The Buzz on LMFM keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app Hi I'm Crossy Queen Latifah has said her series The Equalizer is back on our screen soon. She gives us a taster of what's to come. We will be back. The Equalizer will be equalizing. Yes, you will be equalizing. You know what I mean? That's we will exactly be right. getting some more justice. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, we get into some sticky situations uh, uh, on this one. When we come back, um, there will be some tension amongst the friends, the group of friends. Ooh. You know, my, my co-worker buddies. 
Um, there's going to be some issues with the family, you know, with uh, me, my daughter, and Avi, you know, Lorraine Toussaint. Billboard have released the top 10 rap artists of all time. In at number five is Eminem, Tupac is at four, Nas is at three, Kendrick Lamar was voted at number two, with Jay-Z getting the number one spot. Becky Hill has revealed she's already broken her Brit Award. She also found out a secret about the trophy. I actually ended up breaking it before I left the O2 last year. I bumped into another artist called Self Esteem, who I'm a huge fan of. And I just, I had a few drinks at this point. So I kind of just dashed it on the floor and threw my arms around. And when I picked it up, we'd lost the bottom. Anyway, so when we finally did find the bottom, and I started the next day trying to look for super glue to fix it, I realised that it had come oh. apart and underneath my name, which says Becky Hill Dance, was Fred again, producer of the year. Because <laughs> the music industry doesn't make enough money. Oh. So they, um, they, they, they put that one and then they just yeah, stuck mine over it. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Recycling the trophies, love it. You can get more buzz with Eddie Caffrey a little later on. Human League, don't you want me? And LMFM's 11 to 1. Heading off on a hotel break with a child with autism can be extremely stressful. But now the Pillow Hotel in Ashburn are making a hotel stay less stressful. They're unveiling their sensory rooms. We're going to find out more with Francesca Fennell. She's wedding and events manager there at the hotel. We're going to chat to her after these. The 11 to 1 show. Leaving the comfort of home where everything is familiar can be stressful for people with autism, particularly so for parents with young children with autism. But this doesn't mean that they should miss out on a breakaway. The Pillow Hotel in Ashburn is working on refurbishing some of their rooms in order to make them more accessible and inviting to those with autism and additional needs. This work is ongoing at the moment, but they hope to be ready to welcome families very soon. I had to find out more. Joining me on the line is Francesca Fennell. She's wedding and events manager there at the Pillow Hotel in Ashburn. Hello, Francesca. How are you getting on? I'm good. Thanks for chatting to me today. Great to have you on the show. I'm excited about this new project. Had to find out more about what you're doing there. But you know all too well how stressful a a break away from home can be for a family with a child who has autism. Yeah. um, So I have two children. I have a six-year-old boy, Reese, and I have a two-year-old daughter called Bonnie. And Reese was diagnosed as being autistic when he was four. So the last couple of years have been a massive whirlwind to us. And things that I guess other families would take for granted, like simple nights away at hotels, can be quite stressful um, for families with children with additional needs, and particularly those on the spectrum, because the worries and fears you would have would be, how do I get my child from A to B while keeping them regulated? Uh, What if I get to the hotel and the queues and reception are really long or what if it's too noisy or what if it's too bright what if he has a meltdown um will the staff know the difference between a child you know maybe acting out um, or being bored or stimming um so there's a lot of worries that can go along and they're just i guess like the most basic of worries when you have a child that's on the spectrum or any child with any other kind of additional needs but We're very um, conscious of that at the Pillow Hotel. Mm. And last year we made um, a decision to become more autism aware. Um, And we took baby steps in doing that. Um, 
And we started by providing um, some training to our staff with the amazing As I Am. So um, a representative from As I Am came in and sat down with our staff and did um, a training day on what autism is, what it isn't, how to communicate more effectively with people that are on the spectrum. Um, not to make, obviously, generalisations that are out there and misconceptions yeah. by people that are on the spectrum because there's so many misconceptions about autistic people out there. C- can you go um, through some of those, Francesca? Because, you know, I think organisations should follow suit with the likes of what yeah. the Pillow Hotel have done in terms of this tra- training. So what misconceptions would there be out there about uh, children like your son, Reese? So I guess um, one of the biggest misconceptions is that um, only boys are autistic, that mm. you never see an autistic girl. And that's not the case. Girls just have a tendency to mask it better and so sometimes go undiagnosed or um, just mask it that bit better. Um, other generalisations that are out there are that um, they're, I guess, um, they're hyperactive. Yeah. Um, they can't communicate or don't like to communicate, that they don't make eye contact. Um, that they need a routine. And while some of that may be true for people that are on the spectrum, if you've met one autistic person, you've only met one autistic person. And obviously that's why they call it a spectrum. So You can't be kind of branding them all with the one thing. Absolutely. Oh. And, and and in terms of Reese, then, you know, he's four, as you say, what sort of things then in a, in a hotel environment might be challenging or stressful for Reese? So Reese is six and... Um, oh, sorry, six, he's six. So since uh, he's been diagnosed um, in the last two years, um, he has become more verbal. But one thing that Reese would struggle with is communicating with people. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, like he can tell us what he wants and what he doesn't want uh, because he's comfortable around myself, my husband Kevin and our family. But to a stranger, he may not communicate. So he might point um, or he might take him by the hand. And obviously in a hotel environment, when you're surrounded by strangers, that could be very off-putting. Um, And if it was the case, he got frustrated because people weren't picking up on the ways that he's communicating. Because let's face it, there's more than one way to communicate and communicating verbally. That is only one way. So we do need to be a little bit more open minded to that. Um, Reese could get a little bit agitated. um, So where some people might say, oh, there's just another bold boy. That's just Reese might be frustrated and so might just like act out a little bit or might start to stim. Um, Reese wouldn't be one of, I guess, Reese's um, traits of autism wouldn't necessarily be stimming, whereas we've had children here uh, in the hotel. Uh, sorry, Francesca, really can you stimming. can you explain stimming? To, explain stimming to us, uh, just for people that might not know what that is. Yeah, so um, so stimming, first of all, it's um, it's a repetitive action. It's not necessarily just something that autistic people do. Uh, neurotypical people do it as well. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a repetitive action that people would do to self-regulate themselves. Oh, I think I was a little, a, 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 maybe a similar, um, I recognise what you're talking about now. I have a, a, a brother-in-law who would be Asperger's and he used to clap a lot. Yeah. He'd just clap continuously. And it was this way of kind of regulating and uh, helping him calm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just a repetitive nature that would help them. If they're under-stimulated or over-stimulated, it would just help them regulate. So for some children, that could be jumping up and down. For others, it could be clapping. Um, for others, it could be spinning around. Okay. And obviously, it's not just um, children. It can be adults as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side of that, neurotypical people can also stim. So I know when I was a child, if I was nervous, I used to, like, twirl my hair in my fingers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. get some adults that if they're nervous, they just laugh uncontrollably. 
So it's basically just the body's um, natural way, like a coping mechanism, basically, to try and get that person grounded again and regulated. So we just wanted our staff, I guess, to know the difference. Yeah. So that if a child was stimming, that we didn't want to tell them, no, you can't stim because they're only doing what's natural to them. Mm-hmm. So we wanted our staff to be able to recognize that, okay, if a child is stimming, if they're in a safe environment, leave them to it. And if they're not in a safe environment, so for example, in the middle of the bar during busy service or in the restaurant when people are moving around with cutlery and plates, that potentially we have another area where we can suggest to the parents, if your child needs a stim to regulate, here's a safer area, you know, and leave them to it. I um, think it's incredible because I mean like like you're saying you're giving us scenarios there you know about things that happen in hotels busy hotels with lots going on and to take on something like this is really really brilliant chat to me now about the um, the bedrooms so you've got these family sensory bedrooms that are going to be available for families who have uh, members who have autism yeah so um, I pitched an idea to um, the owner of the hotel Jeff Leo and the director Daryl Penny um, just before Christmas and they were really really quick and enthusiastic to pick up on it and just said look let's just make it happen and basically what it was was I wanted to put in one family sensory bedroom to start with mm-hmm. and then we had a playroom on the first floor which was in dire need of a bit of a facelift so I thought it was an ideal opportunity to put in a sensory room and then beside that we put in a smaller sensory space which would be ideal for um maybe one adult or a teenager just to go and again have a a nice calming place to kind of get grounded, get regulated. But basically what we've done is the idea of the sensory rooms, both in the sensory bedroom and then our, our main sensory room on the first floor, is we have specifically designed these rooms to stimulate the senses. So what they will do for anyone on the spectrum um, is they will provide a calm, comforting space where they can go and self-regulate or simply just enjoy what's around them. Um, I mean... It's it's still very much like the one on the first floor, for example, is still very much like a, a, a playroom, but yeah. it's a centre room. So it's a, a step up, essentially. Um, and that will be bookable to residents. The family bedroom, though, we have installed a whole sensory area within the bedroom. So obviously that will have the family in that room have exclusive access to that. Mm-hmm. But for me, as a parent, booking a hotel knowing that I've booked into a sensory room with an autistic child, that would give me so much peace of mind because I know straight away that if my child is um, uncomfortable, getting a little bit stressed, needs to go and, you know, just kind of decompress a little bit, that there is a purpose-built area just for him or her in the bedroom where they can do that. Um, And we've done that with the amazing team from Sensory House. Oh, Um, so it's a specific team that come in and they got, these guys are experts in all of this. Yeah, so we dealt with uh, Keith and his amazing team at Sensory House and they were absolutely phenomenal. They came out, they, they're a one-stop shop basically. They design, manufacture and install sensory rooms and sensory products. And mm-hmm. what I absolutely love about Keith is his passion and drive to make um, sensory rooms and sensory products not only available to all, but affordable mm-hmm. for all. Um, you know, he he's a massive advocate for making it affordable because obviously... Let's face it, the, the services out there within the HSE and Voshi are not there. And that's yeah. another discussion for another show. Oh, Francesca, we'd be here all day talking about that. Absolutely, yeah. But um, it is needed in the private sector by companies like Keith to provide alternatives and then for businesses like ourselves um, to have facilities there for neurodivergent people as opposed to expecting them to 
cope, I, I suppose, with what's there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's completely. Defined for neurotypical people. Yes, and like Francesca, for your, for yourself, I mean, this is a fantastic step forward for for you, for the family, for for people going forward. But I mean, when it comes to planning your own family breaks, did, like, did you dread it a bit? Did you kind of think, oh God, where are we going to go? Like, do you find yourself going back to the same places? You know, we've been really, really lucky. Um, when I'm booking a hotel stay for. Um, the kids and Kevin, um, I will always email ahead and say mm-hmm. that I have a child um, that is autistic. And the only reason I do that is because one of Reese's, I guess, um, adversion, sensory adversions, is the noise of his sister crying. Um, oh, I don't necessarily know if that's an autistic <laughs> thing or just a, a little boy thing. So or a sibling we, thing. Or a sibling thing, thing. yeah. <laughs> so for us, we always have to book an interconnecting room because okay. we need that extra bit of space. And, you know, any hotel I've been to, they have been really lovely and understanding. Um, but not all people, I guess, are as comfortable with sharing the fact that their child might be autistic because yeah. they might feel like they're putting people out. And that's not the case. You know, we... We just want to make sure that people have the best possible experience while at the hotel. Um, and for me, as I said, personally, I, I'm always forthcoming with that information because I want Reese's journey from our home to the hotel and then while being in a hotel to be as enjoyable for him and everyone around him as possible. Of course, because, so, you know, it's holiday. You guys want to de-stress. You want everybody to kind of be nice and relaxed. So it's it's yeah. it's the right decision. And uh, the work is ongoing at the moment. It's nearly, nearly complete. Do you have, uh, when do you hope to be able to welcome families in? So we would hope that within the, the next week that we would be able to start taking bookings. Um, Sensory House have completed all their parts, so all the sensory elements and products have been installed. We're just kind of doing our tidy up now, a little bit of paint here and there, but we're we're nearly there. So um, we're super excited because the feedback that we have got so far um, from people has been amazing and people can't wait for it. And funnily enough, a lot of people are saying to me, you know what, it's such a unique selling point now for the hotel. Oh, it is. while it is, that's not what we want. We don't. We're not looking at this as a selling point. We're looking for this to be an industry standard, mm-hmm. and we want to pave the way for other hotels to follow in suit. Because nothing would make us happier than to know that our competitors are doing what we're doing and offering this type of product to families that need it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, you'll have to get Reese to to stay in one of the rooms first. He can be your official first guest. What do you reckon? Oh my God, I wouldn't get him out of it. That's the the thing. Um, Reese was actually, he was instrumental in helping me plan it because um, I did get his opinion on what he liked and what he didn't like. But again, that's where I got Keith from Century House to come in because I didn't want to plan and design a room just around Reese because again, he's just one child on the spectrum and we want this to appeal to the wider masses. Um, and I should also say, just while it's in my head though, that the sensory room is for all children. Yes. So neurotypical children will get just as much enjoyment out of it as, you know, neurodivergent children. Um, so it's not a stipulation that you have to be autistic to use these rooms. That is not the case at all. We just found that a sensory room was, um, it was more beneficial across the board to yeah. everybody as opposed to just a standard room and then hoping that uh, neurodivergent people would enjoy that as well. I think it's fantastic. I've no doubt it's going to be a great success and I think more places should follow the example that you're setting there at the Pillow Hotel in Ashburn. Francesca, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thanks so much, Nate. Thanks a million. Isn't it a great idea?
It really is. Pillowhotelashburn.com. Okay, that's where you're going to find all the details. And if you want to get in touch with the reservations team there, they're on 01. 825-0880 825-0880 sorry 0800 so 01-825-0800 the 11 to 1 show he's the man everybody is talking about after his controversial Grammy win here's Harry Styles late night talking on LMFM's 11 to 1 Talking. Getting a message in on 086-1800-658, just about a table quiz. Uh, Trim Cultus are hosting a table quiz. It's happening tomorrow, Friday night, in Brogan's Bar and Guest House. It's happening at 8 o'clock. There's raffle prizes, a €40 Euro per table as well. And uh, more details can be found on Trim Cultus' Facebook page. LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport, and entertainment on LMFM.ie. Home Instead is recruiting new and experienced caregivers in the Meath area. For more details, log on to careers.homeinstead.ie or check out the local job search on LMFM.ie. Marsh Mackey Recruitment are looking for part qualified, qualified and senior accountants along with administrators for vacancies in the Meath and Louth areas. To apply, please email recruit at marshmackey.com. And Dolly's Bar in Balfedoc in Slane, uh, they are looking for a friendly and professional bartender to join their excellent team. Please email your CV to infodollysbar at gmail.com. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. Sinead Brazel on LMFM. There's Mojo Lady on LMFM's 11 to 1. We're going to be talking TV recommendations shortly and a funny woman, Ireland's first social influencer and a gorgeous serial killer are all part of my selection. The 11 to 1 show. Great news. The Express to you. Picture this, addicted to you. I'm addicted to television and there's nothing worse than flicking and scrolling around and not sure what to watch. I have some great selections for you, starting uh, with Sky Max, 9pm tonight. It's Funny Woman, okay? This is also streaming on Now as well. It's based on Nick Hornby's best-selling novel from 2016 uh, of the same name, and it's a comedy drama following the central character Barbara Parker, played by Gemma Asherton, and she's a young woman working in a Blackpool rock factory, of all things. Then one day she decides she's set, you know, for bigger and better things, so she heads off for the bright lights of London without a plan but she has a dream so it's uh, said in 1964 the girls are expected to be flirty fabulous uh, but they are not expected to be funny but Barbara Parker is very different so she embarks on this mission to reinvent herself and find her voice in the male dominated world of the 1960s sitcom and I'm going to give you a little taster of the trailer here it is funny woman Barbara is ever so slightly provincial Uh, how about uh, Sophie Stroh. 
I was born in Blackpool and I came to London to be someone. Anyone in particular? My dad says that actresses are no better than common prostitutes. Is your dad a vicar from Victorian times? Hello. You lot don't look like how I imagined. I thought you'd all be tweedy posh lads with pipes. Boys hope to find someone like you. Comedy-wise. Obviously. This isn't going to last forever. Make the most of what you've got while you've got it. God knows there'll soon be another young girl coming up behind you, prettier and bigger. There you go. You got a little flavour there of the sexism and everything else that she comes uh, in contact with. It's supposed to be absolutely brilliant. 9pm Sky Max and it is streaming on now. Funny woman. Now moving from a funny woman to a lady. This is Lady Gregory. Ireland's first social influencer. It's on tonight on RTE1 at quarter past 10 and it's a two-part documentary shining a light on the Irish dramatist, folklorist and theatre manager Lady Gregory. And uh, despite being co-founder of the Abbey Theatre, her work, her influence and impact on Irish political and literary life is very often neglected. But here, English actress Miriam Margoyles, who we love, we just love her, joins Senator Lynn Ruan to to take viewers on a road trip across Ireland to visit places that were the most significant in Lady Gregory's life. So that is uh, on tonight on RTE1 at a quarter past ten. Now streaming, you has landed again. Uh, the next series has landed on Netflix and uh, this is a fourth season of this psychological thriller based on the books and uh, after his previous life went up in flames, I'm not going to reveal too much about that, but Joe Goldberg has fled Europe to escape let's just say his messy past and he adopts a new identity and of course his one quest as always to find and pursue true love but Joe soon finds himself in the strange new role of a reluctant detective how the roles have changed dramatically there he discovers he may not be the only killer in London now his future depends on identifying and stopping whoever is targeting his new friend group of uber wealthy socialites if you're a fan of you the series it's just brilliant if you haven't watched this just binge the whole thing it's just brilliant it's like that kind of guilty pleasure viewing as well but it's really really good Uh, the fourth season has arrived on Netflix Marvin Gaye finishing out our show thank you so much for your company as always have a great day I'll chat to you tomorrow The 11 to 1 show 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.